Welcome to the Niners Nation podcast. Niner Nate here with you again, and the quarterback debate is only a week old, and I'm already sick of it. With me, as always, is Leo Luna of 49ersGoldMine.com. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great because I stayed away from that whole QB talk. It is barely the, well, second week of May now. Um, I didn't really want to get into that until we see at least see helmets and shoulder pads and, you know, go from there. I got myself in trouble because I retweeted something that Rob Stats Guerrero put out and then people blew me up saying that I was the one uh, saying it and arguing with me about Jimmy Garoppolo. And I will put my stance out on this show and you can, <laughs> this is it for near as I think that Jimmy Garoppolo should not be on this football team anymore. Take that with you will, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo should not be on this football team. And that's how I feel about it. But we're going to do something a little fun because Post-draft, we still haven't seen Trey in his uh, uniform and his helmet not in a Photoshop. The rookie minicamp is actually going to be Friday to Saturday, I think, this weekend. So there's not a whole lot to really talk about. So we went on to the Niners Nation. We got some questions from you guys. We're going to answer all the questions we got sent before this recording and talk about them the best we can because there's no news. There's literally no news unless you want to talk about Tim Tebow being a tight end now, which I sure the hell don't want to talk about. No, I I don't either because it's it's like nothing against Tim Tebow, but it's something he should have done ten years ago. He should have done that Taysom Hill route and just been this Swiss Army knife and you know play tight end, play fullback, be a gunner on special teams, uh, maybe return some kicks. He should have went that route. So to seeing him doing this now, ten years later, it's like cool, I guess Tebow. Like good for you, but. I'm not going to really pay too much attention to it or care if you make the roster. The Mets were like, eh, we're tired of having you on double A. Let's take it <laughs> somewhere else. Um, so let's start real quick. We'll start at the first question I received this morning, which is Jimmy Garoppolo related, of course, from a John Drolte at John Drolte. What do we do if Jimmy plays to a Pro Bowl level? I responded to him, turn off the Xbox. <laughs> but let's talk about this. You know, if there's a scenario that Jimmy Garoppolo actually plays really, really well, mm-hmm. which, you know, what do we do? Like, does Trey just sit for a whole year and we waste a year of that rookie contract? Or what do you think? Like, if if he plays at a high level, I think that's good for the 49ers. I, I just don't see how that's bad in any way. If he plays at a Pro Bowl level like John states in his comment, well, good. Because if he does, this is a top five roster. They would be in the playoffs. If Jimmy Garoppolo is playing at a Pro Bowl level, they would probably move on to the next round of the playoffs as well. And on top of that, if he's at a Pro Bowl level, you could be talking about a first first round pick and trade compensation in return by shipping off Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't see how that's a bad situation. Believe me, I want to see the shiny new object in Trey Lance too. But if you have Jimmy out there putting up Pro Bowl stats, numbers, performance, and sure, like right, you ride with Jimmy Garoppolo at that point. And I don't think it creates this whole quarterback competition. Do the 49ers move on from Jimmy or do they keep him? It's not that. Jimmy Garoppolo's not Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, they're they're just completely polar opposite quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl as a starter. Uh, a, a while ago, and he, he's won MVP multiple times. He's went to the Pro Bowl multiple times. Jimmy Garoppolo has not won MVP. 
He has not been to a Pro Bowl, and he has not won a Super Bowl as a starter. So these are two completely different situations. It seems like people are trying to attach this to what the Packers did last year by selecting a quarterback in the first round and then seeing Aaron Rodgers make an MVP quarterback. And But it, it's not the same situation. If Jimmy Garoppolo is at a Pro Bowl quarterback, I, I would be ecstatic because they're making the playoffs. They're probably advancing in the playoffs. Who knows? They may even go to the Super Bowl. And then in the offseason, you're going to get a first-round pick in return for Jimmy Garoppolo in the final year of his contract. I am celebrating if Jimmy Garoppolo plays at a Pro Bowl level. I am celebrating it. Yeah, I mean, it would be. I think it would be good. Um, I just... I don't like the idea of, you know, wasting that rookie contract. But if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing at a Pro Bowl level, there's really no nothing that Kyle or John or any of the fans can do. You know, they have to continue playing the hot hand and, you know, see what happens. It's just, I just, I really want to see what, what Trey Lance could do in this offense. And from the comments that Kyle Shanahan has made, it really sounds like he's really excited to see what Trey Lance could do in this offense. You know, we talked about how he couldn't sleep some nights about, he was dreaming about what Trey Lance would look like in this offense. And I think that I don't think he's Jimmy's even going to get the chance to play at a Pro Bowl level this season. Like, as we talked about last week, I think it's for sure going to be a scenario where in preseason, I'm currently writing some a kind of article a little bit about this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I think that it's going to be a scenario where he beats him out in preseason. And, you know, that'll be what ends up happening. Um, well, I'm going to say the same thing that I told you last week. Until Jimmy Garoppolo is not on this team, I'm going to consider him the starter for for this team come week one. Um, If he gets dealt or moved before then, then yeah, great, Trey Lance. But I'm just not putting my hopes on Trey Lance being the starter on May 11th of 2021 while Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster. Maybe if we get a little closer to August... Uh, I would be willing to have that conversation more. But I haven't even seen Trey Lance on the practice field in Santa Clara. So I'm not just going to immediately pencil him. Yeah, as of today. I haven't seen him in practice gear yet. And (laughs) it's just also, it's like, what what is out there that's going to urge Shanahan to move Jimmy Garoppolo when he literally has been screwed over by the quarterback two position? You could afford Jimmy Garoppolo now. You have Trey Lance now. There's no excuses. If your QB1 gets hurt, you have a QB2 that's going to win you games. That's going to play a whole lot better than C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins do. So I see how Shanahan sees it is a win-win situation at the quarterback one and at the quarterback two. Now, if Jimmy Garoppolo is underperforming and you know he's kind of the route to why they're losing some games if they're, say, 4-3 and three to start the season, then, yeah, I, I want to see Trey Lance in there because this is a top-five roster. You should not start the season 4-3. and three. Um, So that that's my only situation there until I, I see more data or just see more evidence of why Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be the starter. I'm just not going to shy away from it saying, yeah, he's probably week one starter. Let's get to another question here. This one might be one you have to answer because I'm not totally sure on this answer. Um, so it's from Brian M. He's at AF Niner fan. Uh, which players that are not technically rookies can participate in a rookie minicamp? I want to say I remember something about a player that wasn't on the active roster in a prior year that can. Do you know anything about this? I don't think I think it's literally so, like the only receiver he's going to have to throw to. Is I also. Awesome. 
So I also believe it's like undrafted rookies from the 2020 season. Um, so undrafted rookies could also participate in the rookie mini camp as well. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be the scenario. It's not ideally. Like, obviously, I'd love to see him throwing to Ayuk, but I guess he already is somewhere. Like, um, remotely in a t-shirt and shorts. There's some videos online, some pictures online of Trey Lance specifically throwing to Brandon Ayuk and uh, specifically, you know, doing workouts with Brandon Ayuk. And, I mean, that's that's all you really want is, you know, your future quarterback, you know, working out with your quarter, your wide receiver one. And so, hopefully, that is you know, the pan, the tandem that we see for years to come. But, that, I mean, they are working out already. It's just not in the scenario I think people want um, with the helmet and the shoulder pads, like the Zach Wilson with uh, Elijah Moore uh, we saw last week um, at the Jets minicamp. Well, that's fine because I think Austin Watkins Jr. is going to be a stud. So I'm going to get excited to see Austin Watkins out there running routes. And also, like, these rookie minicamps, they're not – full-on seven-on-seven practices. They're not running 11-on-11. They're just more into fine-tuning these players from a technical standpoint and getting their hands on them before they have to focus on a whole entire team. So that's the point of the rookie minicamps. But yeah, it's once you see some gold helmets on the field, it's definitely an exciting feeling. The next question actually has something to do with what we just talked about. So who would Trey Lance's favorite wide receiver be going forward? Do the 49ers have a new wide receiver three? And it's kind of interesting because I think his favorite's going to be Ayuk because I think Ayuk is probably the future of this team. Um, I think Ayuk and Debo are going to be there. I think um, those are the guys. But I think that this Austin Watkins thing is so interesting because he fills that Kendrick Bourne role perfectly. You know, he's an undrafted guy. Kyle seems to find those, those types of dudes and, you know, when you watch Austin Watkins film, it just it flies off, you know, how dynamic and how explosive he can be. And I think that in this this offense, you know, he could totally be the wide receiver three and could way overperform, you know, the fact that he was undrafted. Yeah, I, I think he can be the wide receiver three for sure. Uh, he could run routes from outside to inside. Uh, he could run them short. He could run them as well as deep. He could you know, when those contested catches. But I also want to write off Richie James Jr. being wide receiver three, at least early on. We we all know the Packer game with 182 receiving yards. Uh, I'm, I probably want to expect him to do that again as a, as a 49er. It was just one of those situations where he was basically the only target that Nick Mullins trusted on, on that Thursday night. So I, I think that's going to be their top four, though. It's... Ayuk, Samuel, Ayuk's definitely got to be the number one receiver for any for any quarterback. Um, just thinking about it this way, uh, I related Debo Samuel to Anquan Bolden a bunch. I, I'll relate, say Ayuk, Ayuk could be the Fitzgerald, and Debo Samuel could be the Anquan Bolden. If you want to think about it that way, they're both they can both be number one receivers but you're going to go with with the guy that just has more tools in his basket as a wide receiver, not a runner after catch. Uh, so I would say Ayuk, Samuel, three is probably going to be some type of competition between Watkins Jr. Maybe it's it starts off with Richie James Jr. since he is more experienced in the Shanahan offense. That's your three and four at five. 
you're probably looking at Trent Sherfield, special teamer. Um, he's got good size, good speed. Obviously, how the 49ers were on punt coverage and, and kickoff coverage, it, it wasn't too fascinating. They they took a step back for sure. Uh, that doesn't really get talked about much. So I think Trent Sherfield definitely is going to have a true, true possibility to be on this roster. And I would even call it likely to be on this roster. And then number six is probably going to be is probably going to be a veteran option. Maybe Muhammad Sanu. Maybe we see Travis Benjamin in there. Or maybe we see someone who's not currently on the roster at number six. Brings us to another question by a real sports fan at CD Shaw 99. See, we just turned these questions in. Uh, he actually asks a question that is like really related to what you just said. Will the 49ers bring in some good wide receiver competition to bolster the wide receivers? Sign a proven vet. Or, and if so, who might that be? How many running? And then we'll get to this, his second part of his question after that. But like this, I mean, they brought in Sanu, who, you know, is the veteran presence. I think that Craycraft's going to be on this team this year. I think he's going to play, maybe not like a, a crazy role, but I think that River Craycraft is probably a receiver they actually like. They want to keep around. It is just a little weird how thin they are. You know, obviously, obviously like Ayuk and Debo are the guys. You know, Richie James is a guy that has some talent. You know, Trent Taylor just kind of fell off of the planet and he's just gone. But the thing was, like, even last year, there wasn't really a tremendous wide receiving core. Like, we were just hoping Ayuk would be the guy, and he ended up being that. You know, they had Kendrick Bourne. I think that people tend to argue on Twitter and, and on social media that, about what Kendrick Bourne actually did for this team. But I think that they're going to see a little bit of a drop-off early in the season of no Kendrick Bourne being there to bolster this wide receiver core because Kendrick Bourne did a lot for this team. Yeah. I didn't even bring up Jalen Hurd. And, uh, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of. It, it's an unfortunate scenario with what has happened in his NFL career, but he. It's like one of those situations to where your team hasn't made the playoffs in two years, and then all of a sudden you're talking Super Bowl. Well, it's like Jalen Field hasn't played a regular season game. I'm not expecting, you know, or I'm not going to predict that he's going to be available come week one. He could he could be a guy that starts the season off on the PUP list. I, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, I I may even think that could be good for him uh, so that he's not, his timetable gets stretched out a little more to, to be healthy. Uh, so he's the guy who could be that six wide receiver as well um, on there. Or I, it could be a guy like Golden Tate. I think Golden Tate, it, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter week one, he, he fits that slot role pretty well. He can run routes from outside. You don't really want him to, but he's a phenomenal within the slot. If you go in three wide receiver sets, um, it just imagine that like you, your six receivers are Samuel, Ayuk, Golden Tate, Richie James Jr., Austin mm. Watkins Jr., and then you're talking about maybe having Jalen Hurd, River Craycraft, Muhammad Sanu, like Travis Benjamin, just back. Adding one veteran gets you a lot more excited for this wide receiver core. Uh, while I do like River Craycraft, uh, at least from a prospect perspective, I do think he is someone that they could slide on to the practice squad. And I think that will be their initial move, especially if Jalen Hurd is available to go week one. If Jalen Hurd is available to go week one, you are definitely going to slide River Craycraft onto the practice squad. Because let's be real here. I like him as a prospect. 
but if the 49ers slide him onto the practice squad, who's going to sign River Craycraft to their active 53-man roster? Not very many teams. And I could see the 49ers taking that chance to keep him in the building. It's kind of like how you how you look at it from a baseball perspective to where this guy could be available now and be ready now, but you're just going to keep him in AAA for a little bit and you have him there. Um, I think that's what the 49ers do with River Craycraft. They're going to keep him in AAA, say, and I don't think anybody would pick up River Craycraft to put on their active 53-man roster. I would love for them to go get Golden Tate, even though he definitely you know, was a Seahawk at some, at one point, you know, I think that he'd be decent just to have on this team. Come on. I don't care if he was a Seahawk at some point, we already moved on with Richard Sherman. And now a lot of people are asking for Richard Sherman to come back. So I I, I think, yeah, and he's been a non Seahawk for quite a while now. No, no, I know. We're in the clear. As a veteran, he's not like a great, great, you know, tremendous. He's, he's older now, but I think that that would be the, the veteran to bring on would be Golden Tate. I think that they looked at like, the Will Fullers and the Juju Smith Schusters, and they didn't want to spend that kind of money on those guys. But I think that like Golden Tate could be right in that price range where they could get him and he could really help this team out and like just give them a little bit more wide receiver depth. Um, and then like you said, Jalen Hurd, like I really want to see him. I really want to mm-hmm. see Jalen Hurd. I hope that he comes and you know can actually play this season. But I think the first episode I ever did of this show with Rob Stats Guerrero, like we talked about Jalen Hurd and how. You know, it really felt like the end when he got injured again last year. And so um, I'm not like counting on it to happen. But if it does happen, I would love to watch Jalen Hurd play on this football team because I think that it would be perfect, uh, like a compliment wide receiver to what they already have. But I'm not holding my breath. And, you know, I'm not not counting on it happening. But here's the hoping. Um, The second part of this question actually was interesting as well. And I wanted I wanted to um, ask you about it. How many running backs are they going to carry on their roster? And here's where I'm going to start, and then I'm going to let you finish this. I think they're going to trade Raheem Mostert before the season starts. I do not think Raheem Mostert is on this roster come season start. I think that they're starting their their number one wide receiver, their number one running back. I'm sorry, will be will be Sermon. I really think that Sermon's going to be their guy. I think that that's going to be their starter. I think that Jeff Wilson will be on here for sure, and the. Other two are where I kind of, I'm not quite sure on it. You know, Wayne Gallman could potentially make this team, but my money's not on Wayne Gallman making this team. Um, I think the only guy whose spot is like secure, secure really is, is Jeff Wilson out of the, out of the running backs. What do you think? I don't see Jeff Wilson as being secured. I think Raheem Oster is on this team. The guy walks and gets freaking six yards per carry. Uh, the dude has home run speed, fastest player in the NFL, two years in running. Uh, he's just so dynamic, and he's so, so, so cheap. Like I like him. It, I'm just like, saying. I don't, it, no, even no. if Trey Sermon is the starter, then you have Raheem Mostert, who's a Pro Bowl special, special teamer that is literally dirt cheap. Uh, he's... He's a valuable mentor in the locker room. I, I think he's going to be on the roster. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. may not be secured because I, I just don't. He has one big game and then has like three games in a row that are stinkers. Wayne Gallman, I don't think his spot is secured because it's going to be his first year within this offense. And we're expecting him to learn the playbook and beat out Jeff Wilson Jr. And then obviously Trey Sherman, 
is going to be on the on this team, and then the other rookie is going to be on this team. I think his name is. What's that? Elijah Mitchell is his name, I think. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell. He's definitely going to be on this team as well. So I think they're going to carry four running backs. And if I had to say those four, I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell, and probably Jeff Wilson Jr. Goodbye, Jermichael Hasty. We miss you. Well, he'll be on the practice squad unless somebody gives him a 53-man roster spot. I think someone would. I mean, what he did last year was really good. Like, there's some of the stuff he showed last year felt like a guy that could potentially start in this league. And, it, you know, part of, part of it is probably that, you know, Kyle turns dirt into gold. But, you know, I mm-hmm. think that with, and that was, we saw it with Matt Breida. You know, Matt Breida went to the Dolphins and really didn't do anything. But I just think that, like, a guy like Hasean and what he possessed and what, what we saw when he did play, I think that he would probably go to a team um, if he didn't make the roster personally. That's what I think, at least. Next question. I think he's a good player, but I think Shanahan could probably churn him and and go nah. with someone like an Elijah Mitchell. If if Raheem Mostert is on this team, he's gone for sure. I just don't know if Raheem will stay because I don't think they want to pay him any money. They don't want to give running backs any money. Like that's always been their thing. Like they hate giving running backs money, and then you know him uh, potentially last year. It seemed like it kind of pissed them off a little bit, and then they did pay him. Only um, well, they try to pay Le'Veon Bell. They try to pay James White. They pay Jarek McKinnon, and they pay Tevin Coleman. All those guys were at a higher value than Raheem Mostert, so I don't think the money is really a problem. Yeah, I, that Jarek McKinnon thing. God, I, <laughs> I don't even know what the Chiefs are doing putting him on the roster. I think they, don't they still have Le'Veon Bell and Ceh? Uh, I don't. Like, I think Bell's a free agent, but like with a lot of these. One year deal, non guarantee veterans got to see if McKinnon even makes the roster. Yeah, he was unimpressive the whole time he was here, sadly. Like, I hate saying that because I did like the guy, and then he kind of talked smack about San Francisco, and I was like, ah, I'm over you, dude. I'm out. Uh, yeah. Next question is from Obadiah Plainman at Obadiah Plainman. Will the pass rush return to form? And then there's a second part, but we'll start with this. Do you think this? You think this pass rush is going to be able so able to hit 2019 levels? And I'll start with it first. I don't think that the pass rush will ever be 2019 levels of good, just because everything worked so well for that team. But I think it's going to be much better this year than it was last year, because I do think that the Ebucam signing is going to really help. I think that Kinlaw is going to take that next step. I think that Nick Bosa coming back is exciting, just because. He was the off the, the defensive rookie of the year, and I you know I I think that this team has a lot of depth, and I think that D Ford's going to play. I think that D Ford's absolutely going to play on this team this year, and so when you have this kind of depth with this much you know talent, I think that you should get to the pass rush or you should get to the quarterback a lot more often. Now, I mean, if they can stay, can they stay healthy? That's the question. But the depth is there, and as long as that pass rush is decent. You know, Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley don't have to be the best corners in the league, potentially Richard Sherman, because I think he might come back. But, you know, like they don't have to worry about that. If they could, if they can get that pass rush going, you know, maybe not as great as 2019 or even, you know, it just at least close, then we're going to be dealing with a pretty nasty defense. I think the hardest part with this pass rush is replacing DeForest Buckner. That guy was able to eat up special teams and still create a pressure while being double teamed. Eric Armstead struggled to do that last year. 
Javon Kinlaw struggled to do that last year. So if one of those two guys could get better at doing that, I think that's going to fill that void of DeForest Buckner. And why that's important is because if you could get create pressure from the inside of the pocket, that's going to cause your quarterback to take a few steps back. And if your quarterback takes a few steps back, now you're allowing a guy like Nick Bosa, Samson Ebucom, or even D4 to just go ahead and close out on the quarterback uh, now that they're going to be in in a better position to get the guy if, if the quarterback's having to take a couple steps back. Now, whether with is Bosa going to be like if he is in 2019, I think he can be. Uh, because in 2019, he started off on a snap count. 49ers didn't unleash him in 2019. He also had nine sacks. While he was fantastic that year, definitely a pro bowler, one of the best edge rushers in the league, from a sack perspective, he was creating tons of pressures, letting his other guys eat, or causing the quarterback to get rid of the ball early. I think he has an opportunity to finish with a higher sack total than he did in 2019, because this is a guy who's an elite player, an elite athlete. It's not like he already got his money like this guy's still motivated to earn a decent contract in the NFL so he's definitely going to come back and ball out his brother Joey Bosa has dealt with multiple injuries in the NFL and it has not slowed him down at all anytime he's on the field I think Nick Bosa is built the same way so I think he could have a higher sack total he started off with the pitch count in 2019 he's probably going to start off in a pitch count in 2021 and he's probably going to end up with more than nine sacks. They're going to be decent on defense. And I think that um, it's the question of how can they get to 2019. I just don't think 2019 is rep- is like repeatable because of how good DeForest Buckner is, just what you said. DeForest Buckner is probably the closest thing to Aaron Donald in this league that's not named Aaron Donald. Like What he was doing, he was so undervalued for what he could do. And I think that they, they're going to miss him a little bit. But I really do like Javon Kinlaw. And I really think Javon Kinlaw's special. I really think that Eric Armstead is going to benefit from having Nick Bosa back. And I think that Ebucam D. Ford is going to be a great piece to add. But the other part of this question is, do you think that we will get 2019 Bosa back? Like, do you think that Bosa will be 100% same guy he was? Or do you think we're still going to have some growing pains because of the nature of that injury? Or because it was so early last season you know, we'll get our Nick Bosa back. I think we'll get the same Nick Bosa back. I don't think it's going to really change his play at all. I think he'll be fine. It's, he'll be like this, this guy's a piece. Like he's, if I deal with that injury, I'm probably not going to be the same player. Nick Bosa, he's just, he's a different breed. Look at his, like I said, his brother Joey has dealt with multiple injuries and he's still an all pro player every time he steps on the field. Nick Bosa comes from that same bloodline, and a lot of people have made it clear this is not the first time Nick Bosa has went down in an injury. And every time he's came back from an injury, he's been a dominant freaking player. So it, it doesn't change my projection on what Nick Bosa could be as an NFL player. Yeah, I just I think that he's just special. Like he's a one of a kind player, and that's why I was so adamant on not taking Q Williams in that draft and taking Nick Bosa because I just. You know, when you watch that film, he just jumps off the screen. And he's so special to the point where I think that he's going to come back and he's going to be the same guy. I think that he's still going to be this nasty dude who just gets after the pass rush and every team is afraid to play Nick Bosa. 
And I think that's a really big benefit for Trey Lance because he has a guy on defense that people are absolutely, you know, scared poopless of, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so it helps and him out. When he got injured, it wasn't like that field at MetLife Stadium injured quite a bit of players, not just Nick Bosa. And so, you know, that's another thing to look at as well. I, I think with the 49ers getting on natural grass, that's definitely going to help him a lot more as well as when half his games are on natural grass rather than, say, half his games are at MetLife Stadium, the sign, the, the scene of the crime. The scene of the crime. Uh, let's get to one voicemail before we close out the show today. A little quick show, but I uh, want to get to as many of these people as we can. Uh, this is Big Steve. He's got a plan. Hey, it's Big C. We are signing back Frank Gore to our team, his team, to become the second all-time rushing leader in the NFL. Also, we will be trading away Debo Samuel in a package of players and or picks for a grade-A top-tier wide receiver, also known as Julio Jones. Go Niners. So, here he says, you know, trade Debo, trade some picks. I don't think they have a lot of picks. And go get yourself Julio Jones. Now, I love Julio Jones. Don't get me wrong. He's probably one of the best wide receivers in the league. But you just traded two first-round picks to get your franchise quarterback of the future. I don't know if they have enough picks, even with Debo, to go get Julio Jones. Plus that contract, which to get that contract, you'd probably have to get Jimmy off the roster, right? Like, they have to get Jimmy off of the roster in order to pay Julio Jones or to continue paying Julio Jones what the Falcons are. Yeah, there's no way you could have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster with with acquiring Julio Jones. I love Julio Jones, but he's definitely not going to be a 49er. Uh, what do the Falcons get out of Debo Samuel as well? It's Their receiving core is pretty solid as it is with Calvin Ridley. Um, and then they just selected Kyle Pitts. So you can look at like Kyle Pitts would be the Julio Jones replacement, not Debo Samuel. Uh, so I think they're better off collecting a draft pick instead of getting Debo Samuel in that type of trade. I think Steve's heart is in the right place. I think that the Niners' weakest position right now is probably wide receiver just because, you know, we hope that Austin Watkins is this great undrafted free agent guy. We hope Hurd comes back, you know, we hope that Richie James can continue to be decent. And, but like the wide receiver core is a little scary when you look at this team. And, you know, like we've talked about in just the questions in the show, that seems to be the thing people are most afraid of. That's the question we got with that was the most common question when we asked for these questions is people talking about how the wide receiver position scares them. And I think that, you know, you want to get your stud quarterback wide receivers to help them out. But look at the real quick, look at the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not saying Trey Lance is Patrick Mahomes because. That's blasphemy. There's only one Patrick Mahomes, but I hope that Trey Lance is Patrick Mahomes. That'd be pretty cool. But what I'm saying is Patrick Mahomes is able to really do a lot with nothing. You know, he has Kelsey, best tight end in the league. We have the second best tight end in the league in George Kittle. He has, you know, Tyree Kill, really good wide receiver. But the rest of those wide receivers, you know, Pringle, Mecole, Hardman, like those guys aren't great. He's able to do stuff because he's an elite quarterback. And so at the end of the day, my biggest hope is that Trey Lance is able to, you know, do stuff with the guys he has, the, you know, the Richie James, the Jalen Hurds, you know, the Austin Watkins Juniors. And then, you know, every once in a while, Kittle will make a big play or, you know, Kyle Yushek or Brandon Ayuk, or hopefully they're going to use Debo Samuel more like a wide receiver as opposed to a running back, which they've done for so long. And so 
with that, I'm hoping, you know, Trey can can grow uh, and just become a become a better player and make these guys better as opposed to them having to be absolute studs to help out their quarterback who just stands in the pocket like an idiot and, you know, isn't as elite as a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. Granted, the other part of that argument is that Josh Allen, you know, gets Stefan Diggs and all of a sudden, you know, is an MVP candidate. So, like, there's so much to talk about with that. But I think that the wide receiver core they have going into this year, it's decent. Now, if there's problems and, and you know, guys aren't in getting open, which I don't think is going to happen within a 49ers-Kyle Shanahan offense, I don't think that's going to happen. But if there's problems and we're dealing with the wide receiver, there's a lot of injuries, they're going to address it somehow, whether it's at the trade deadline or potentially in the draft next year if there's really a problem. But I really think that if Trey is the player we hope he is, we're going to see just a boost in in wide receiver play just from having a better quarterback. Well, yeah, that's when you take a quarterback third overall, you're and especially give up the assets you gave up. That quarterback is expected to accelerate the projection of the wide receivers. He's supposed to enhance their performance. So if Richie James Jr. is a wide receiver three, you expect a better version of Richie James Jr. opposed to when he was catching passes from Nick Mullins last year. You're you're expected to see a better Austin Watkins Jr. than you saw at UAB. You're expected to see a better, say, River Craycraft than his limited performance last year with the 49ers. So it's even Ayuk and Debo, it, it goes with them. It, with Kittle and Ross Dwelly, it goes with them as well. So it's it's expected to see elevated play when you get a quarterback with Trey Lance's caliber. That's kind of like what we saw with Kaepernick did with Jeremy Curley. After Jeremy Curley left the 49ers, he couldn't get a roster spot anywhere. It wasn't that he got worse. It's just that Kaepernick made him a better wide receiver than what he was. Same thing with Quint Patton. Quint Patton couldn't land on a roster after he left the 49ers. And those are drastically, you know, less players than what the 49ers currently have as their one and two with Samuel and Ayuk. So it's... A lot of the 49ers run two wide receiver sets, not so much three wide receiver sets. So that's why I'm not really stressing too much about the third wide receiver position because I think, honestly, I think they have the guys that can get it done. The only part that would concern me is, say, if they have an injury at the one wide receiver one or two spot, then, yeah, I would be concerned. But there's certainly options out there. Like we've already mentioned, Golden Tate. I think Danny Amendola is a guy who fits this offense pretty well. He could do what they ultimately wanted Trent Taylor to do. And the third wide receivers probably is going to be capped out at 20 snaps per game. So if you could give, say, Richie James Jr. 10, Austin Watkins Jr. 10, or maybe some other guy, you know, in, into that mix, I think it works out for the 49ers. And I, I think they're they're set if they have their quarterback that's going to elevate other players. Like when Tom Brady won Super Bowls, in his early going, his number one wide receiver is like Troy Brown. So you don't always need three elite wide receivers to do something in this league. You don't like, like with Patrick Mahomes, he has Demarcus Robinson who can't even like get a contract from another team. But then you see Patrick Mahomes throwing Demarcus Robinson the ball. You're like, Oh wow. He's a pretty good player. He's fast. He's got good size. And he, you know, he's got decent hands, but that's what you get when you have a quarterback that can dish out the, the ball like a Patrick Mahomes, say, like a Josh Allen, 
um, like those caliber type players. You hope that Trey Lance is able to make this team even better. I mean, they're, they're it's such a well-constructed roster, and yeah, there's a technically a whole wide receiver, but I think Kyle is counting on his third overall quarterback to really uh, enhance this wide receiving core and, and make them better um, long-term and potentially, you know, allow this team to do what, what the Chiefs do with, you know, guys who probably don't make a lot of rosters otherwise if they're not on the Chiefs. So, yeah, we'll like see. By- Byron Pringle is making plays for the Chiefs. <laughs> I said Pringle earlier too, yeah. <laughs> Miko Hardman isn't very good either. So, uh, is there anything you want to plug at all before we head out today? Just going to have some uh, some more weekly shows on 49ers Goldmine on YouTube. Uh, we're going to run those around 3.30 Pacific time on live show. So definitely join us, yep. comment below, and, and that's where you catch some more work during the week. And Wednesday's the schedule release. Uh, Niners Nation will be live as the schedule releases on the YouTube channel. So check that out. Uh, very excited to see what the home opener is this year because I am going to be there because I'm fully vexed. I cannot wait to be there. I have been to every single home opener since Levi's opened, except for last year because nobody could be there except for beat writers. So very excited to be there. Very excited to see what the Niners schedule is looking like, where they're going, when they're going there, when the bye week is, when we potentially would see Jimmy Garoppolo if I have to give Leo a dinner. But we will see uh, this week, and we'll come back to you next week. We'll talk a little bit about the schedule, maybe some new news, maybe Richard Sherman signs with the 49ers, Tony Jefferson, hearing a lot of stuff, nothing official yet. We'll get back to you for sure next week. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like, comment, share with all your friends. We'll be back next week. Go Niners. Go Niners.